This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by the Business Health Assessment, a simple tool to help you clarify the health of your business in as little as five minutes. Find out more at lead2.win slash business. Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt. And I'm Megan Hyatt Miller. And this is Lead to Win, the weekly podcast to help you win at work and succeed at life. And in this episode, we're talking about the most important hire you will ever make. It's an executive assistant. Yes. Okay. I love talking about this topic. When Why? I, when I saw this on our list today, I was so excited because it is vitally important to your business success and your success as a leader. In fact, I think that one of the biggest reasons that leaders um, become the lid on their business, you know, their their business can't progress past their own capacity is because they don't have the right kind of support. And with the right executive assistant, your ability to grow and contribute to your business is exponentially multiplied. It's basically like being an airplane and insisting on driving it everywhere. Right? <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Perfect metaphor. Right. Okay, we're joined by Larry Wilson, one of our senior content creators, who's going to walk us through this subject. Hey, Larry. Hey, guys. You know, I think in every big decision that uh, anyone makes, there just comes a moment where it becomes obvious, I need to do this. You resist for a long time, but then there's a, kind of that straw that breaks the camel's back. I've got to do it. So here's my question for you. What was that moment when you said, all right, I give up. I've got to hire an EA. I think it was the moment when um, in scheduling my own appointments, I would double book. I would leave out details. I would show up at the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, things become increasingly complex as you grow in your career, especially when you're responsible for other people in an organization. And it's hard to keep all those, sp all those plates spinning by yourself. And I was not doing a very good job. Yeah, for me, it was a little bit different. You know, I've been in business, I guess, now almost 40 years. And back when I was in the corporate world, once you got to a certain level, you just kind of expected to have, of course, in those days, we, we said secretary, which is completely in case you're wondering, inappropriate, right? People who are listening, we don't say that anymore. Yeah, we don't say it anymore. So then it was like administrative assistant and all that. But then when I started my own company back in the mid 80s, I said, you know, who needs an assistant? You know, I can do everything myself. And my partner said the same thing. We're going to be lean. We're going to be lean, yeah. mean. I want to be in touch with everything. I want to do it myself. So then I went back into the corporate world and I had an assistant. Then I left the corporate world at Thomas Nelson back in 2011. Now, all of a sudden, I was on my own after having had a awesome assistant, actually two of them at Thomas Nelson. And then I had nothing. And I, I didn't know how to find the FedEx box. Um, I was having to process my own email inbox. I was having to book my travel and I was spending a ton of time. And so then I hired Trisha from Belay Solutions. She's now their COO. Uh, which is amazing. <laughs> and she came, she came in as my five hour a week assistant and rocked my world. She turned it upside down. She did more in five hours than I could do doing that same stuff that I delegated to her was taking me about 15 hours a week. She did it in five hours. So then I started thinking, what could I do to delegate more to her? And I did. Mm -hmm. Then we went to 10 hours almost immediately, and then to 20 hours. And then, you know, I've had a string of assistants, including my current one, Jim, who's been amazing. So the problem with my assistants is I keep getting promoted out of that role, and I keep losing them. So I'm hoping that Jim stays for a while. <laughs> 
Well, we do talk about this subject a lot, Megan, you're right. And uh, just for everybody who's listening, some may not have heard this before, uh, so it may be very new to some folks, but we've got a couple of reasons why this is very important and how it helps your business. And then in the second part of the show, guys, I have a little surprise Mm -hmm. for you. Can't wait to see what it is. Three reasons why an executive assistant is the most important hire any leader makes. And one, an EA gets you out of the drudgery zone. You've talked a little bit more about that. Anything else to add about that getting out of your drudgery zone? Well, I think the idea here is that your drudgery zone is the the area of um, tasks or activities where you're neither passionate nor particularly proficient. You know, it's not necessarily driving results in your business. Uh, you're not very good at it. You hate it. All those things. I mean, it's really a, a bad mixture. And when you spend time doing those things, which may be very important for you um, to have done, it de-energizes you. It sucks your best energy away from your greatest contribution to the business into things where you're not making your greatest contribution. And a great EA can handle these things on your behalf. Things like expense reporting, managing a complex calendar, booking travel, preparing you for meetings, anticipating scheduling needs, for example, in my case, um, childcare needs related to work things. Suddenly, when those things are handled, you're free to invest your time in the places where you're going to get the greatest return and that you're also the most passionate about. That brings us really to the second reason here is that an EA makes you super productive and is that is there more to say to it, Michael? It's just you get to work in your desire zone? Is that what makes you so productive? Yeah, the opposite of the drudgery zone is your desire zone. And that's where your passion and your proficiency come together. Stuff you love and stuff you're good at. And I, I know for me, that's really only three things. You know, so for me it's, you know, trying to find a future for my for my company and articulating that, you know, vision. And then secondly, it's creating content. And third, it's delivering content. When I know that that's my desire zone activities and I can delegate everything else to Jim or somebody else on the team, then I can be super productive because I'm doing the things that create the most leverage and the greatest impact for my business. Well, the third reason to hire an executive assistant is that a good EA will pay for himself or herself. How does that work? Well, the math is kind of simple. If you think about, you know, let's take a $100,000 a year salary, for example, that, you know, you might be making as a leader, that equates to about $50 an hour once you've subtracted time off, you know, um, or weekends. So if you take personally an hour to file an expense report, that costs you $50, right? But if you're paying an EA somewhere around maybe $25, $20, $25 an hour um, for their work, then that's half of your hourly rate. So automatically, you've gotten a great return there. And and the other part that's not even calculated there is that you've been able to invest your time in something that will deliver an exponential return in the business in another place. That's the thing. I, I think if, you, if you're a professional, this is easiest to understand if you're somebody right. that bills for your time. Exactly. That if that frees up an hour that you can go now sell for $50 right. an hour or $100 an hour, mm-hmm. then you get uh, a really outsized return on the investment. Right. Would you pay $25 to make $100? I mean, that's the math yeah. right there. Another aspect of that is uh, thinking of myself, uh, it wouldn't cost me $50 to file the expense report. I would just work longer and it would come out of my margin. Right. That's a great point too. And that's what a lot of entrepreneurs do. We usually procrastinate the things we hate the most. 
So that is where it eats into your margin and especially your personal time. So an executive assistant will get you out of the drudgery zone, uh, make you super productive, and in the end, pay for themselves uh, by returning your time to you. Now, before we move on to the next part of the show, which is going to be a lot of fun, uh, I have a question for you. What is something, or even more than one thing, something that most people would be surprised to find that you, Michael, and Megan really aren't that good at and really need a little help with? It's probably really a long list, (laughs) but for our purposes today, we'll keep it short. Um, For me, I would say primarily two things. Number one, follow through. I am not really good at following through or following up on my own. Um, Fortunately, Jamie, my executive assistant, is excellent at this. It's like her best thing. Um, And I'm so glad because it just means that I don't have to to really dig deep and find that energy to do something that naturally I'm not good at. But that's things like, um, you know, if I'm in a meeting and I say, I'll send that to you, I mean, the likelihood that I'm going to do it by myself is very low. The likelihood that I'm going to process or take notes well in a meeting is not great Um, or prepare my team for things that are, you know, coming up to be prepared to contribute to a meeting. Jamie is great at that. And she's like always going behind me and in front of me to make sure all those things are taken care of. Um, the other thing is logistics. I have a really hard time with logistics. Like my own calendar at a certain point is so overwhelming to me how this meeting and the preparation that's needed for that integrates with this other one that's kind of related and the kids' soccer practice and the haircut. Like I, it just makes my eyes glaze over. Um, and fortunately, she is fantastic at um, you know being like the conductor of all the trains coming in and out at all the different times. And it just keeps me out of that. So on my own, though, not any good. Michael, what about you? I think for me, a couple things. One is a lot, a lot of people think of me as being really organized, and I'm not that organized. Uh, Jim is organized. I'm not that organized. The other thing is I don't really do well in maintaining systems. I am brilliant at creating systems for setting them up, but I totally lose interest after doing it about two or three times. Jim doesn't. Jim is good with the repetitive stuff and maintaining a high level of quality. I can do it great the first time. But then after that, it's just, again, I just I just lose interest. So it's a little bit of the follow-through thing that Megan was mentioning with Jamie. Jim's long on follow-through based on the Colby test results, K-O-L-B-E, but um, me not so much. Well, thanks for your honesty in, uh, in relating that. And now the surprise part of the show, you may have wondered why Jim and Jamie are sitting here in the room with us today. It's because they're going to be on the podcast. So well, we kind of kind of gather that. <laughs> okay, yeah. I thought it was because yeah. maybe you thought we were going to need help in this podcast. Well, I, I don't rule it out. <laughs> That's wise. So welcome, Jim Kelly and Jamie Hess. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Larry. A few minutes ago, Megan and Michael shared the things that they're just really not that good at. So let's go to the real source here and find out. Jamie, was Megan telling the truth? I wouldn't say there's anything that Megan's not good at. There's probably things that are better left for me to do. But Megan's pretty good at everything she does. <laughs> That's so generous of you. <laughs> well, She's being nice. Before we go any further, we should have Megan and Michael uh, give some sort of a pledge here. This is going to be a, a free space, right? Right. This totally. Is, oh. This is a judgment-free zone. This is a zone that's safe for dissent, and you can be totally transparent and honest. Okay. Well, and here's the truth. 
Jamie and Jim know more about us than probably our spouses at some level. <laughs> so, you know, feel free to say whatever you want, guys. Okay. Now, I, <laughs> I'd like to take you at your word, but I'm going to have you put your hand on this full focus planner. Raise your, <laughs> raise your right hand. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll take your word for that. And this is going to be a very candid conversation. So let's go to Jim. Michael said he's not very organized. Was he telling the truth? He is telling the truth. So yeah, you sent me the questions uh, ahead of time. So I got to think about these answers. So I have a, a list here for Michael uh, of a few things that he's not great at. Excellent. Well, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Jamie, you better be thinking of my list. I felt like this was a roast. I'm trying not to make it like a roast. I'm trying to be as kind as possible. But a few of the questions feel more like a roast. But the first thing is handling his calendar. Um, so no good thing happens when Michael puts something on the calendar <laughs> himself. It's so true. Um, sometimes on, on weekends, Michael will go out with friends and uh, they'll make an appointment maybe a few weeks down the road and I see something appear on the calendar. I'm like, no, don't <laughs> add anything to the calendar. Come to me first. So we do have a pretty good rhythm for the most part when Michael says, hey, I'd like to put this on the calendar. I want it on this date. How does that look? And then we talk about it. Now, now let me just uh, ask you this, because a lot of people will be thinking, well, I don't want to give up that freedom. Mm. And, you know, it sounds like you really have to kind of ride herd on the calendar, even to personal event planning. So why is that so important to give up some of that control to your executive assistant? Mm -hmm. It's kind of what we talked about before, about the desire zone, uh, handling his own calendar is not in his desire zone. Uh, Michael is not proficient. He's not passionate about handling his calendar, whereas I am. Um, so I could focus on that area while Michael could focus on where he does his best work, uh, vision for the company, creating content, and then delivering that content. Plus, it, I screw it up. And, and what happens when I screw it up is I create a lot of unnecessary pain for myself. I end up having to back out of commitments that I made, you know, in good faith, or I end up with a super overwhelmed and stressed schedule because I didn't consider the context, because mm -hmm. I'm just not good at that. Well, we won't take the whole list, Jim, but let's hear uh, one more thing that, that Michael really needs a hand with. His date nights and his anniversary, actually. So, and this is going into the personal. Um, but uh, about a year and a half ago, um, Michael was really struggling with uh, scheduling his date nights. So he, he became inconsistent with scheduling that time with Gail. So he came to me and said, Jim, I, I need help here. Uh, I need you to help schedule these date nights for me. And I did. So every Thursday, I plan ahead for the next date night. I make, make a dinner reservation for them. Um, I created these date night questions for them so they could ask these questions during the date night. This past year for Gail's birthday, uh, I tried to step it up a notch and I asked some other reflective birthday questions. Uh, and I posed that. I gave that to Michael, sent it to him before he went off for the dinner with Gail. And I said, hey, Ask these questions to Gail for the dinner. I think she'll like it. And turned out they they enjoyed it. I think they cried a little bit after. Oh, the we did. I mean, it was she was so moved. She said, "Honey, this has been the best birthday ever. These questions are amazing." And so then I felt a little guilty, <laughs> and so I had to confess to her. I said, "Well, actually, Jim Jim came up with them." And she said, "Well, I, I know that." <laughs> she figured that part out, but it was still it was still incredibly um, helpful. Thank you. You know, I think. Uh, if you want to freelance here, there's an incredible opportunity <laughs> to start a business <laughs> no, planning date well. nights for people. 
<laughs> I think people would pay for that. Jamie, when you first started uh, here at Michael Hyatt and Company, you first started as Megan's assistant. That's been a little over a year, I think. Yeah, about a year and a half. What was the first thing you really had to say, oh no, Megan, we've got to talk. You've got to, you've got to stop doing that and let me take it over. Probably the first thing we really got into was the calendar. And before I came on board, Megan had great EA supporting her. So it wasn't a total zoo. Um, but I'm finding that the calendar is the one thing that we have to reevaluate all the time. Mm -hmm. Megan and I just had a conversation yesterday about how are these meetings working and how's that fitting in your schedule. Um, so I think the calendar then and now, and a lot of that has to do with personal stuff. Mm -hmm. We want to help Megan get haircuts for her kids and dentist appointment without like missing all of her meetings or, you know, being, she can't be in the same place at multiple mm -hmm. times. So um, just really evaluating the calendar was the most important thing that we needed to triage in the beginning. From your perspective, Jamie, what's at risk there? When, when you don't keep after that calendar, what happens? What's at risk is my sanity, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think just efficiency is really can be compromised in that situation. Megan's got a full house and family and all those things are super important to her. And um, she's got a job that she enjoys and that's equally or not equally as important, but that's also important to her. And to do it all well, you just really have to be keep a mindful eye on scheduling. Mm -hmm. I think it's um, unique in my situation because I do have a bunch of kids, um, you know, who are all school age and that's busy and they have activities and appointments and things like that. And I want to be really present, but it requires a tremendous amount of orchestration to make it all work. And that's one of the things that Jamie really, really excels at. This is a unique feature of how we think about executive assistance is we don't differentiate between the personal and the professional mm -hmm. because it's all intertwined. And one um, domain affects the other. So we have no compunction whatsoever about asking our executive assistants to do uh, personal stuff for right. us. Right. For example, if I schedule all my kids' activities and appointments on my own, that I can promise you is going to back up into work because I'm not any good at it. And so it's, it's advantageous for that to be integrated into Jamie's um, scope of work because she can kind of get the whole picture to work together so that I'm able to be really present in our business um, when I'm at the office. Well, we use the phrase here, when it works, succeed at life. That's right. And it sounds as if you wouldn't be doing either without the help of Jamie. I think that's true. I think there's a strange kind of pressure sometimes, especially for women in the workplace, that you have to do it all or that um, you know you have to have two full-time jobs. And the truth is, if you are performing at a high level professionally and at home, you have help. There's no way that you can do it on your own. I actually read a, an article in Motherhood Magazine today that said the average working mom works 98 hours a week. Wow. When you consider their, um, you know, domestic and personal responsibilities. And that's just not tenable, you know, for the long haul. So I'm a big believer in getting the right kind of support to do it well. Hey, team. Mike Boyer here with a question for you. Are you a subscriber to Lead2.Win? If not, you're missing a major opportunity to have fresh ideas and actionable content delivered straight to your device every week. Tap the subscribe button on your device now to make sure you don't miss a single episode. And how about leaving a review of Lead to Win on iTunes? Good, bad, or indifferent, we'd love to hear what you think. And we really do read them. Every time we hear from you, 
It helps us tailor this show to meet your needs. Michael's new book, Free to Focus, A Total Productivity System to Achieve More by Doing Less, shot up to number one on the Wall Street Journal bestsellers list for business books. Claim your copy today at freetofocusbook.com. Well, Michael and Megan both are pretty candid about the fact there's some tasks that are just way outside their desire zone. So booking travel, handling email, managing calendar. And they both have uh, said multiple times that you really like these things, Jim. Do you? I do. I do. I love, I get great joy out of handling uh, Michael's calendar, making sure that everything is in its right place, uh, making sure that he has the drive time between each of his appointments. Uh, I just like a clean, nice calendar with all the information that Michael doesn't have to expend calories thinking about what does this appointment mean and where, where do I have to be at this time? I just make it super simple for Michael and I get a ton of joy from that. The stuff he puts in the notes is amazing. Like every question I could possibly ask about that appointment, links to other, you know, reference material and source material. It's fantastic. Jamie, same question for you. Do you actually enjoy the tasks that that Megan is so eager to get rid of? I enjoy most of them. I'll be totally honest and say there are some that I like more than others. And I think what I like, though, is not necessarily the task itself, but what I like is the end result. I like the outcome. I think of like cleaning my bathroom. I don't necessarily like to mop the floor, but I love a clean bathroom, right? Wait a so, minute. Are you saying are you saying my calendar's like your dirty bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, that may be bad enough. Sometimes that's probably true. Um, but so when I think of like the calendar is one thing I do love to do, and I'd love to do that because I, at the end of the week, I feel like my mission, my job, I enjoy it most when I'm serving Megan well and when things run really smoothly. So if I get to the end of the week and go, that was a busy week, but it all worked well and it went together good, then I love that. And, um, but things I struggle with sometimes would be like, um, booking travel. That's not my favorite, but it's not because I mind the task itself. But for me, I really like all the facts and I'm high on the fact finder. And so I want to explore all my options. And sometimes for an EA, it's not good to look at all your options. I could spend a half a day looking at the best flight for the best dollars for the best seat and the best, you know, and it's like, just book the flight, Jamie, you know, don't (laughs) keep, you know, you don't need to do it. So some of those things, it's not necessarily the task that hangs me up, but how I look at it and how I process things is Mm -hmm. not always super efficient. One of the things that uh, we talk about is how an EA will really free up the executive to be more effective and more productive. And are there ways that you have seen Michael and Megan grow during the time that you've been serving them? It's a great question. In my experience, I've seen Michael get a lot better at saying no mm-hmm. to opportunities. I think probably three years ago when I started, he might be quicker to say yes. Um, but I think over the last three years, I don't know if you would say trained, but maybe you would say trained, but I would say I trained Michael to say, ah, let's think about that before we say yes to that opportunity. Um, so I, I think Michael's gotten better at that just because he knows that his time is limited. Um, so we have to limit what he does with this time. And every yes is a no. Yeah. Every yes is a no. I, I still struggle with it, you know, but I, I, Jim has definitely kind of been my personal support group. 
How about you, Jamie? I think there's a number of ways I've seen Megan grow. One is we kind of touched on it earlier was the fact that I now go to every meeting with Megan. Mm -hmm. When I first started, I didn't go to every meeting with Megan. And that was kind of a aha light bulb moment for her that, hey, why don't I have you come along? You're good at the follow through. And then she can really be present in a meeting. And she's leads extremely well in those situations where she can be fully present, knowing that I'm taking notes and I'll follow through on those tasks and those items that need to be followed through on. That's one of my favorite things, actually, that Jamie does for me and a huge breakthrough, I think, for leaders um, is that it, it can be really hard to take notes in your own meeting. You know, if you're trying to keep records on the conversation and be fully present and engaged with the people that are bringing you information or you're, you know, sharing information with, it's virtually impossible. It's really like multitasking. Um, and Jamie's willingness and the excellence with which she does that enables me to be free to lead in those meetings and give the gift of presence to the the people that report to me. You know, as a team member, I would second that for for all of you guys. I've said this to Jim before. It's like you're all of our executive assistant because uh, when we're in a meeting with Michael, you follow up on it and that helps everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so important. Jim and Jamie, uh, we're going to have to wrap up this conversation soon because you need to get to an executive assistant lunch yes. today. Yes. What do executive assistants talk about mm. when they get together? Be I nice. I don't know if it's possible for them to reveal that. I think there's a code of silence. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the mafia or something. Yeah. yeah. So we have about nine executive assistants on the Michael Hyde and company staff right now. Um, so anywhere from full-time to part-time executive assistants. And we usually meet for about two to three hours. And the first hour usually is best practices. Um, so we're doing a type of training. So a few months ago, I did a training with all the EAs on calendar proofing. So I have a process that I, I walk through um, of every Thursday. I go through Michael's calendar for the following week and I look at all the different activities and all the different uh, meetings that he has and make sure that he has everything that he needs. So I walk through that with the EAs. Um, so we did that the first hour. And then for the second hour, we kind of have more of a uh, kind of a mastermind where we talk about our best practices, what's going well, we celebrate wins. Um, anything you'd like to add? Jamie? Yeah, I think that is one of my favorite times because we as EAs get together and go, okay, is are there any challenges you're facing? And it might be taking notes in a meeting and from simple things to like, oh, here is how um, you create the template without having to recreate it every time or just little tips and tricks technology things or things that we have found really useful, um, you know, our, from our email systems to whatever process and procedure. It's a really good time of collaboration. Mm -hmm. We have two new EAs actually on our team in the last month and a half or so. And I can imagine for them, it's so helpful to have the resource of people who are more experienced as they're kind of getting their sea legs in our company and to learn all the, the various kind of proprietary yeah. things that we do. Did you ever wish you had an EA, Jamie? Yes, I'll say that. <laughs> um, actually, I, th you know what I think is that collaboration is always the most effective thing and helpful. And, um, and so while us as an EA team, we don't necessarily have an EA, but anytime I was just at the office this morning and an EA needed help with something. So it's like, Hey, Jamie, are you at the office? Could you help with this? Mm -hmm. So we just jump in and help each other. So mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of collaboration. That's what I love about 
the idea of an EA is that it's just kind of teamwork and mm-hmm. that that works well between Megan and I. I love that teamwork and that partnership, but also amongst the EAs, we have that as well. I would second Jamie's answer. I would love an EA at some point, but yeah, sometimes I just need a second, second mind to bounce an idea off of. And I get that with Jamie, uh, Susie, who's our director of operations. Um, she's there for me when I have a question about, Hey, I'm just struggling. Um, and sometimes it's as simple as this flight between that flight and that flight, which one should I book? I don't know. Um, and it's just really uh, helpful to have that, that second mind, that second pair of eyes to look at that, those different flights. How close would you say uh, Michael is to needing a second administrative assistant? I don't think so. Not, not at this point. Uh, I think I have it covered, hopefully. <laughs> he does. He definitely has it covered. I, I don't feel the need for that at all. When I was back in the corporate world, I did have two full-time assistants, but that was it's just a crazier schedule. You know, I had one person who did nothing but calendar and booking flights because I was traveling constantly. I don't travel that much anymore. I think I'm probably close to that point in the next year to two years where I'll need a second person between all the personal stuff and the business because I have so many direct reports. I don't know. What, what, what do you think? Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say that Megan's, a lot of her time is spent on internal meetings and those can really eat up her time. And so to have an EA present during all of those meetings then leaves less room for other tasks that need to be done. That's so. a good point. I think one of the points I would like to inject here and, and ask Michael and Megan to comment on is that some people may have the idea that that first assistant hire is really a low skill position. But we don't take that philosophy here. We hire extremely competent people in these roles. Can you talk about that, Megan? Yeah. I mean, I I definitely would say that it's a high skill role. In fact, when I think of all the different things that Jamie and Jim do, um, first of all, they have to be very competent across a number of areas. um, And then they have to do it with an amazing amount of precision and excellence for it to be done well. And that requires a high level of thinking. You know, you have to be able to think about how all these things integrate with one another, whether it's travel and calendar or preparing for meetings. There's a lot of coordination with other team members, um, with other executive assistants on the team. This is not an entry-level job. This is a job that requires a lot of skill that has been built over time. And that's certainly what they bring to the table and what we count on them for. Michael, this question's for you. Uh, What do you think is the greatest contribution Jim makes to your success? It's hard for me to identify just one because there's so many. In some ways, I feel like it's, I I have a partner who's kind of the other half of what I don't bring in my natural abilities. You know, where I'm long on quick start and can really get into motion quickly, make a decision quickly. I embrace risk. Jim is not that so much. Jim is long on the follow-through. Jim uh, will do the research. Jim slows me down in a very good way that keeps me out of trouble. I can be fast, but I can also be impulsive. And so what Jim does is reminds me of the much larger picture, the context. And that, that, I think, helps me to have more integrity with my own values and myself and make sure that I'm, that I'm walking my talk. Megan, same question for you. What's Jamie's greatest contribution to your success? This really is a hard question to answer because there are so many things. You know, Jamie said this earlier, but it really matters to me to win at work and to succeed at life. You know, I'm not willing to compromise 
my role as a mother to lead our business. And, you know, the same is true in the other direction. But that's only possible because Jamie is clearing a path for me so that I can charge ahead in both of those areas. And that means I can move forward with a minimum amount of friction so that when I invest my time in the company or um, in my family, uh, there's not a lot in the way. And uh, like I said earlier, that only happens with the right kind of support and partnership, Dad. As you said, I couldn't do that on my own. Well, we've seen the reasons why hiring an executive assistant is the most important hire that a leader can make. And we've heard that backed up with some great conversation from two world-class executive assistants. So, Jim, any final thoughts for us today? Wow. I get to do the final thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) No, just that it's a pleasure to work with Michael and Megan there, the best leaders that I've ever worked for. They really value us as a as an EA uh, personally and then as a team. Just the amazing things that they say to us and affirm our worth is just amazing because I know some other leaders might not value an EA as much as these two, but they really do. And it makes a world of difference for us knowing that they value us when we're doing our job, knowing that it makes a difference to them. Jamie, how about you? Any final thoughts for our listeners today? Mm -hmm. I would agree that working at Michael Hyatt & Company makes it easy to love my job. They are just really firm believers in the core values that they hold here at Michael Hyatt & Company. And that is in our work lives, but also encouraging our personal lives. And so that makes it easier to do the job. It really is a partnership. You know, it's not a just get on your side and do all your tasks. You know, it's really a great work environment to be in. And I, I love being here. Well, Jim and Jamie, thank you for being here and sharing candidly with our listeners. And now let's turn to Michael and Megan for final thoughts. I think maybe some listeners are wondering how to get such great help as you have here. What are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, don't make an offer to Jim. Jim. (laughs) Yeah, these actually aren't their real names. (laughs) They're in the Witness Protection Program, uh, Executive Assistant Protection Program. But seriously, that's happened in in the past, and we're kind of half kidding, but not really. (laughs) But um, I I, I think that this is, if if you don't have an executive assistant, you have no idea what you're missing and why it's critically important. Trust me, if you hire an executive assistant, you don't have one, and if you hire the right person, you're going to look back on that and go, what in the world did I do before I had an executive assistant? The good news is today it's been easier than ever before. You can hire a virtual executive assistant from an organization like BelaySolutions.com, which is a company that we love and we know the principles there and we've used EAs from there before, but it makes it so easy. And I would say start small and like everything, make it a test. So start with like, you know, 10 hours a week and, and just, Test, prove it to yourself that it'll work. And if it doesn't, you can go back to the way you were doing it. But I really believe this will exponentially expand your leadership and your ability to accomplish those high leverage tasks. I would echo everything you said. Just do it. You know, like you're holding yourself back by not having an executive assistant. You're not as productive as you could be. You're not making the kind of impact that you could be. You're more frustrated than you need to be. Um, And it will change your life to have the right support partner um, in your life. So go do it. Michael and Megan, thank you for being good sports today. (laughs) Thank you, Larry. Thank you. It's awesome. And thank you, Larry, for leading us through this conversation. And thank you guys for listening to Lead to Win. 
And join us next time. We're going to show you how to eliminate complexity, which sounds awesome, and create a culture of simplicity. Until then, lead to win. This episode of Lead to Win has been brought to you by the Business Health Assessment, a simple tool to help you clarify the health of your business in as little as five minutes. Find out more at leadto.win/business.